things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith, coming at you as I love to do. At the very least, three times a week, usually every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Sometimes I divvy it up. Sometimes I do more. Sometimes I do it on different days, but make no mistake about it. A minimum of three times a week, you're going to hear No Mercy with Stephen A. Wherever you see your free podcast, you can see No Mercy with yours truly. By the way, we're here in the studio thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the No Mercy podcast. Also, gold is the silver bullet for protecting and building your wealth. So call my friends at Legacy Precious Metals at 866-257-3080. That's Legacy Precious Metals at 866-257-3080. Or download your free investing kit by visiting them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Dot com. You know, this particular episode of No Mercy is not about a particular subject. It's pretty much about the necessary takes that I felt compelled to address for this past week. This is what's necessary because it's what's on my mind, which involves a bevy of headlines. Because there's a few things that I wanted to touch on to end the week. And from now on, every Friday or Saturday that I get a chance, I'm going to make sure I drop a podcast with my necessary takes. Because what I deem necessary, ladies and gentlemen, it's usually necessary. It's usually necessary. That's an arrogant way to put it. But damn it, I'm being arrogant tonight. Damn it, my feelings matter. And here's where I'm at with it. Several storylines are going to be discussed for this particular podcast. Let's get started with the first one. Because they're going to be quick. I'm not going to spend a boatload of time on these subjects. I'm going to just give you a few minutes of each. And trust me when I tell you that's all the hell I need to make my damn point. First things first. Eric Bieniemy. Have you all ever heard that name? He happens to be the former running backs coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, who's been the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs since 2018. That's five seasons ago. And in that five seasons that we've been raving about Patrick Mahomes, the present Super Bowl champion, courtesy of a 38-35 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles in, Phil in Super Bowl 57, just this past Sunday night in, in Arizona, Glendale, Arizona, where I was in attendance, by the way. That same Patrick Mahomes that has spent the last five years in an AFC championship game at the very least, who's been to three Super Bowls, who's won two Super Bowl championships, and two NFL League MVP honors in that span. That Patrick Mahomes, ladies and gentlemen. His offensive coordinator has been Eric Bieniemy. Now, we all know his head coach has been Andy Reid. 
a great coach by any stretch of the imagination, who's coached for at least 24 years in the National Football League, 14 in Philadelphia, 10 in Kansas City, now has two Super Bowl titles on his resume and three Super Bowl appearances with Kansas City, along with an additional one in Philadelphia on his resume. When he lost to the New England Patriots with Donovan McNabb as the quarterback, by the way. He still has had Eric Bieniemy as his coach. This black man that's been in an AFC championship game in the last five consecutive years, three Super Bowl in the last five years, can't get a job as a head coach in the National Football League, literally is about to be interviewed for the Washington Commander's job as its offensive coordinator, and that's deemed to be something that he should take, ladies and gentlemen. That way he can get the hell away from Andy Reid, who's considered an offensive genius, and go with Ron Rivera in the nation's capital who focuses on defense and will leave the offense to Eric Bieniemy. That way, whatever Eric Bieniemy does, Andy Reid won't get the credit or Ron Rivera won't get the credit. Now, ladies and gentlemen, normally I wouldn't have a problem with this. Andy Reid is a brilliant offensive mind. Andy Reid is in- inevitably going to get credit for whatever transpires in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, especially since he was the head coach and a man basically running football operations who moved up about 17 spots to draft Patrick Mahomes years ago. So there's a level of credit that Andy Reid is going to get, which I understand and I accept. I still blame him, however, albeit not intentionally on his part, for costing Eric Bieniemy a head coaching job because with Andy Reid there, you're never going to give Eric Bieniemy credit. You're going to always assume that Andy Reid deserves credit for whatever offensive prowess the Kansas City Chiefs put on display because it's Andy Reid. Which means Eric Bieniemy is going to have to leave town to go someplace else to position himself to have a better chance at a head coaching job because if you go to the commanders in the nation's capital and Ron Rivera is considered a defensive-minded coach who doesn't really focus on offense and leaves that responsibility to somebody else, whatever offensive coordinator comes in there and does a good job is going to get credit for it. Understood. Here's my issue. They say biggest reason that Eric Bieniemy ain't getting jobs is because you know what Andy Reid is getting credit for calling the plays. I don't think Zach Taylor called plays before he got the head coaching job at Cincinnati. I don't think that was the case. I don't think Frank Reich was calling plays in Philadelphia as a coordinator and quarterback coach before he got the head coaching job in Indy. I don't think that was the case. I'm quite sure if I looked hard enough, there would be more coaches that didn't call plays. But they got head coaching jobs. But nobody's bringing that up. I wonder why. I wonder why. It's the discrepancies, ladies and gentlemen. It's the absence of consistency, ladies and gentlemen. It's the kind of things that we lament time and time again, ladies and gentlemen, that pisses black people off. It's that bullshit. And I don't like to curse much, but damn it, sometimes it's necessary. It's cathartic because of how y'all piss me off with the inequities. I'm going to go a step further. We're going to go to basketball. A 34-year-old man by the name of Joe Mazzula had the interim tag stripped from him and was named officially as the head coach for the Boston Celtics, who, by the way, is the number one seed in the Eastern Conference in the National Basketball Association, the NBA, by the way. He's doing a hell of a job. 
No doubt about it. The team looks like it has not missed a beat since Ime Udoka was suspended for the season because of his quote-unquote tryst. Purportedly, supposedly, with a female employee within the Boston Celtics organization. We don't know the facts. We don't know how true it is. But these are the things that have been speculated about ad nauseum. We don't know. All we know is that he was suspended. We know what the stories have entailed. Ime Udoka is going underground. You can't see or find him anywhere. CIA looking for his ass and can't find him. I ain't even get to the FBI. I mean, the hell with it. I mean, let's just call Papa Pope and put out B613 from the days of scandal to go looking for him. Nobody can find Ime Udoka right now. Nobody. Joe Mazzula, his former assistant, has been the head coach all season long. He's done such an exceptional job that they took away the interim tag and just named him the head coach, which means Ime Udoka is finished. He will not be the head coach of the Boston Celtics yet again. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't know all the details. But let's say this. Based on the allegations we've heard, if Ime Udoka were to get, was to get fired this summer, nobody could have disputed it. Nobody. You mess around in the office, in the workplace, you're begging for trouble. Particularly if it's with someone who's deemed in any capacity to be a subordinate of any kind, you're destined to get in trouble. Okay? My philosophy is very simple. Ain't not worth my money. It's very, very simple. Call me what you want. Call, call me what you want. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something right now. I would never be accused of being a saint, a monk, the Pope, or anything of the kind. But I'll tell you this about myself, and I'll say it loud and clear. I wouldn't call me a pastor, a minister, nothing. I wouldn't be confused any of that. I could go sell a bit to protect my money. I'm going to say it again. I could go sell a bit to protect my money. Oh, trust you me. I do that. I do that. So it ain't, it's nothing to sit up there and, and have me say, avoid potential transgressions in an in a office space to protect your bag. Ime Udoka did not do that. And if the Boston Celtics had fired him, he would have deserved it. Fair enough. But what have I been going off about? I said it before and I'm going to say it again. It was an HR matter. It was never something that should have been publicized. It was never something that should have been leaked. It was never something that this should have been a damn press conference over. Black men are the only people getting their groove on. It ain't white dudes out here screwing around. What, they virgins now? They celibate now? They never messed around in the office? I've been covering sports for 30 years. And I'm telling you, there's a whole bunch of white dudes that getting their groove on. Ain't nobody sitting throwing no shame at them. To each his own. I'm liberal in certain respects. Live and let live. 
But there are plenty of white dudes that have been screwing around at the office where their press conference, where their public, you know, their public display at the guillotine. Where was the news report circulating about them? But this black man, and Ime Udoka, who is si- who is not married, ain't gonna say he's single because his woman was near long now. I ain't stupid. And God bless her and what she's had to deal with. Boston Celtics mishandled it. They handled it sloppily, or they handled it intentionally, maliciously, to embarrass and denigrate and ultimately jeopardize the career of Ime Udoka. Now, if you've done that with everybody, I got nothing to say. But the issue with him, and in a totally different stratosphere, as is the case with Eric B. Enemy, what's up with the brothers being treated in certain ways? What's up with that? We got head coaches that were coordinators with the 27th ranked offense. We got head coaches who were coordinators that didn't even call plays. And they getting jobs after one interview. Every B enemy been to 17. It seems like a damn punishment now for him to get an interview. Just dotting your I's and crossing your T's to make sure you apply or comply with the Rooney rule. It's BS. It's 2023. I thought we was listening. I thought we were hearing the plight of black men when you saw people in the streets protesting over George Floyd. It wasn't just because it was a knee on his neck for over nine minutes. It's because a knee, figuratively speaking, has been on the necks of black men for ages. And it was supposed to be different. But it ain't. It's still the same bullshit. When we gonna stop? When we gonna learn as a society that you're only as great as your weakest link? And if you just operated according to the laws of fairness, you wouldn't have half the problems that you have in our society. Everybody always looking for one up, looking for an edge. Nobody wants to operate on an even playing field. That's the damn problem. No matter how egregious the rules may be, if they're applicable to everyone, society has a better chance at civility. When we gonna get that? When we gonna get that? That was my sports take. I got more to talk about. And it don't have anything to do with sports. Gun violence. Oh, it's raging through America yet again. We'll get to that next. Stick around. This is Stephen A. No mercy stop. Don't touch that dog. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Welcome back to No Mercy. Yours truly, Stephen A. Smith in the house, coming at you as I love to do. This is a weekly segment that I've incorporated into my podcast where my necessary takes take over. I like to end the week with broaching a few subjects that I may have missed touching on a bit earlier in the week, and that's what I wanted to do. With this particular situation, transitioning from the world of sports, I wanted to get 
to the issue of gun violence. I want to preface my comments by saying. I'm from the streets of New York City. I've never been a violent person. But I've been surrounded by violence all my life. Half of the friends I grew up with are dead from gun violence. At least a quarter of them were in the drug game. Some were innocent bystanders. But when you grow up in the streets and you're subjected to the criminal element, meaning that it's around you, doesn't have to be in your home, but it's in your neighborhood. What vexes the normal folk, what leaves the normal folk worried in our society, it takes more to affect those who are surrounded by that kind of element. You get used to it. Doesn't mean it's acceptable. Doesn't mean you don't like it. Doesn't mean you don't worry because you can't fight a bullet. But the reality is, is that you do become immune to it to some degree. The fact that me, people like me everywhere, are no longer immune to it tells you how bad things have gotten. I have never been one that felt the need to focus on the need for gun control laws more than I've been. And as I sit here today right now talking to you, I got to admit to you, I'm a bit perplexed and undecided on the gun control issue. See, I'm a registered independent because I'm a fiscal conservative. I can't stand all these damn high state taxes in California and New York and stuff like that. I think there should be a flat tax of like 35% for everybody across the board and call it a day. That's the way I think. I don't like the fluctuation where you end up with state and federal and Social Security and FICA and all of this other stuff. And the next thing you know, you walking home with 45% of your money or maybe less. That drives me nuts. But that's really the only thing I'm conservative about. I'm pretty liberal with everything else. Gun control is leaning me more towards the from the left to the center. Because on one hand, while I think there needs to be gun laws in this country, my problem is. I'm of the belief that the bad guys always find a way to get their hands on firearms. And where does that leave the innocent bystander? How defense, how much can you defend yourself? We got law enforcement officials retiring every day. They feel completely betrayed by our society and let down and excoriated. So they want to, they they just want to retire. And if they don't want to retire, They're willing to be asleep at the wheel half the time because they're not trying to subject themselves to a whole bunch of stuff. Because if you arrest folks and everything, all you're going to do is let them out of jail. This is what they're thinking. And then the ones that say to hell with that, I'm going to do something about it. Don't know how to control themselves. A la Tyree Nichols and end up committing heinous acts. That's going to get them all behind bars because they've gone rogue. So you don't know what the hell to do, but here's what I do know. Gun control. In just six weeks this year, think about this, just six weeks this year, we've had 71 mass shootings. 
71. And the new year ain't even two months old. For those of you who don't know, a mass shooting, according to the Gun Violence Archive, it defines a mass shooting as an incident in which four or more people are shot or killed, not including the shooter. According to a new Gallup poll published Wednesday, it found that 63% of respondents said they are dissatisfied with the nation's laws and policies on firearms. 71 mass shootings. We don't hear about this problem in other nations. Could it be because they don't allow guns to infiltrate their societies? That's what you hear about when it comes to Russia. That's what you hear about when it comes to the UK. That's what you hear about when it comes to various other societies. They don't have these problems because it ain't tolerated. They don't have lobbyists representing the NRA and others overpowering politicians or, or, or doing whatever it is that they do to curry their vote, to make sure that legislation isn't passed that's disfavorable or to the disadvantage of gun companies. Of the NRA and others. So we got to take that into consideration. But at the end of the day, what it really, really comes down to is something's got to be done. And I don't know what the answer is to the question. I want to do a podcast on this one day where we have this conversation. I don't know what the hell to do because there's always a bad guy that gets their hands on firearms. And if that's the reality of the situation, why should the good guys who don't want to do any harm, they just want to protect their life, their liberty, and their property, meaning their home, their habitat, why shouldn't they be armed? Why shouldn't they be in a position to protect themselves? On the left, I understand totally. We don't want the wild, wild west out here. We don't want our society resembling that. The flip side to it is that when you got 71 mass shootings in just six weeks alone, and you have the mass shootings that took place last year, and you got an individual that's charging after a defendant who pled guilty to killing 10 people, 10 black people for a hate crime in Buffalo. And then they want to sit up there and say, I don't know what I was thinking, but you still living. But 10 people are dead just because of the color of their skin. In no position to protect themselves whatsoever. What are you supposed to do? We see in some of these states with lax gun laws, with some of the violence that's been perpetrated against people, it was able to be minimized, if not flat out stopped, because law abiding citizens with the license to carry took them down. So what are we to do? I don't know the answer to that question. But I know this. We better find it. We better find it. Because our society is going to hell in a handbasket. Ladies and gentlemen, it, it seems like we living in the book of revelations. The world as we know it is coming to an end. And maybe that's just it. That's just the reality. It's prophesized after all. You got a whole bunch of people out there, religious, believe in God, right? Read the Bible, right? Read the Holy Quran, read the, you know, read the Torah, read everything. The fact of the matter is you got people with their own beliefs, whatever they may be. And it speaks about times like this being chaotic with mayhem and lawlessness and no rules or regulations a very secular as opposed to a religious society really taking fold. 
I don't know about y'all, but that's what the hell I'm seeing. And it's pretty damn scary. Even for a brother from the streets accustomed to seeing violence on the regular. This stuff is scary. Something's got to be done. You're listening to No Mercy with Stephen A. Back with my final segment in a minute. Did you know that last year the S&P 500 went down 20%? Bitcoin went down almost 60%. But gold not only didn't lose money, but went up a few percentage points. So far this year, gold has been steadily rising and silver is up almost 30% in the last six months. Experts predict gold will continue to skyrocket this year and you don't want to miss out. That's because gold protects you from inflation and market volatility. Gold and silver should be a part of every balanced investment portfolio. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust when it comes to investing in precious metals. What I like about LPM is they have an education first approach. Making investing decisions can be overwhelming, but their team takes the time to answer all of your questions and give recommendations based on your personal situation. Call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-257-3080 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com to download your free investing guide. Don't leave your finances to chance. Be informed. Contact my friends at Legacy Precious Metals. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline Until I flatline, I push it to the red line Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? If I wanted to do a foot-in-your-mouth award for this week, unfortunately, it would go to somebody that I respect, um, who I liked in terms of the job that he did on television on CNN in prime time before he got pulled off months ago, and that would be Mr. Don Lemon. Um, for those of you who don't know, former governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley, who is 51 years of age, I believe, who was in the Trump, Donald, meaning President Donald Trump cabinet. Um, she's decided that she's going to run for the presidency of the United States. She's going back on her word because she once said that she would never run against President Trump. Uh, she would never run against Donald Trump. I'm sorry. Um that was not a Freudian slip. He was President Trump at one time. Um, but she said she would never run against him. She's clearly changed her mind. And obviously Trump said he doesn't mind her running, but he does remember that she said she would never run against him. So he's highlighting the hypocrisy of her words. Nevertheless, she's not the one who put her foot in her mouth. It would be Don Lemon. Because he said something along the lines, I don't know if the word hip was used or somebody that's being hip, somebody that's being uh, whatever it was that he said, he was pointing out um, that she's past her primes. She's past her prime. Nikki Haley is 51 years of age. He was talking about somebody in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, being in their prime, and that she is not. He ultimately had to apologize, of course, Um there is no way around it. There is no excuse for saying what it was that he said. Um, he commented on her age on Thursday uh, morning on CNN this morning, quickly facing criticism. He said, this whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says, people, you know, politicians are something, if not in their prime. 
Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. A woman is considered to be in their prime in their 20s, 30s, and maybe and maybe 40s. That's what he said. Very irresponsible statement on his part. Something he should have apologized for. First of all, what prime are you talking about? Don Lemon's 56. Nikki Haley is 51. She's running for office. She ain't trying to win a Miss America or Miss Universe beauty pageant. What are you talking about? It makes no sense what he said. Okay. Um, But more importantly than that, considering the path that women have had to endure, fighting for fair and equitable treatment themselves, and uh, fighting against chauvinistic tendencies themselves, This woman ran a state. She ain't somebody that was just chilling on TV and decided that she was going to run for office. She's the former governor of South Carolina. So she was the first lady of a state. Period. And by first lady, I don't mean I'm only saying that because she was a lady. If she was the man, she'd be the first man because the reality of the situation is she was the boss of the state of South Carolina. Period. Why would you say that? Makes no sense. So I'm happy that Don Lemon apologized. We all make mistakes. God knows I have. Along with many, many others of you out there. And this is not to engage in condemnation, but it is to highlight how foolhardy and stupid that statement was on his part because if somebody else had said something, Don Lemon would have been on prime time on national television at least a few months ago when he had his show saying it was stupid and ill-advised for people to say that. So now it's his turn to accept that. And I'll leave it at that because I do respect the job that the brother has done in the years that he had that show, even though I'm a Chris Cuomo fan myself. <sighs> but getting back to Haley. Haley's on a different kind of trip right now because she took a jab at both Donald Trump and President Joe Biden by calling for mental competency tests for politicians over 75. Ladies and gentlemen, can I say this? I have no problem with it. This is not ageism. This is not age discrimination. This is not anything. We got retirement in the United States that, that, that starts at 62 years of age. What the hell is the problem? With somebody saying, if you're 13 years older, let's make sure you're sharp and you're mentally acute to do the job at hand. After all, you're going to be presiding over 350 plus American citizens, depending on you knowing what the hell you're talking about. I have no problem with her saying, let's make sure that we that these candidates are qualified. By the way, did you know what it takes to become the president of the United States? I forgot all the criteria, but I know two of them is that you got to be 35 years of age and you got to be a United States citizen. I mean, damn. Really? I mean, really? That's all? When you think about the criteria, and I got to look this up while I'm here right now because that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, to me, it should be much, much stiffer than that. And that's the bigger issue that somebody like Nikki Haley is pointing to. The criteria should be tough. You should be required to be acute and alert and cogent. 
You should be required to be on your P's and Q's. Now, I ain't talking about Joe Biden because I think people get on him for stuttering. I got news for you. The man has always stuttered. He's always fumbled with his words from time to time. A decade ago, two decades ago, three decades ago. So, yes, he's older now. And yes, he's going to be 82 years old when he's running for president. And yes, if he wins the presidency, he could be in office until he's 86 years old. I think that's utterly ridiculous myself. And I think the GOP is embarrassing themselves when they act like they need Trump in order to beat him. You can't be the 82 year old man. You got Nikki Haley. You got DeSantis. Hell, you got Governor uh, Chris Christie. That's thinking about running for office again. You got Mike Pompeo, who was in Trump's cabinet. He think about running for office out on his book tour right now, talking to everybody. You need a 75-year-old man in Donald Trump that alienated more than half of the American population. He has to be that guy for you. You got Ted Cruz who voted with him 92% of the time. You got Liz Cheney who voted to impeach him, but still voted with him 93% of the time. You got a whole bunch of people you could pick. You any of them supposed to be able to be the 82 year old. I'm sorry. You should be able to be the 82 year old candidate. Especially one that stutters and fumbles his words from time to time. I'm not questioning the competency of our president. I'm not doing that. I'm just pointing out the facts. He does fumble his words from time to time. And does sound a bit lost. At times. Not knocking him. Hell, I voted for him. But it's true. If you Nikki Haley... All I'm saying to you is y'all can talk about how all y'all want to. The reality of the situation is she's making a point. We can't just put anybody in there. I just looked it up. According to Article 2 of the U.S. Constitution, the president must be a natural born citizen of the United States, be at least 35 years old, and has been a resident of the United States for 14 years. That's it. Are you kidding me? Really? Nikki Haley's right. Now that might come back to bite. It might work against her. You might have some senior citizens that's voting that's offended by what she said. That's true. You might have some people that don't care. I don't think Trump is worried about her. I don't think she could beat Trump. People have counted her out before she's won, but this is different. I don't think she'd beat Trump or Biden. But let's not act like she don't have a point. I thought Ruth Bader Ginsburg should have retired. Had she retired, Barack Obama would have had another liberal in the court and we'd be divided by a 5-4 majority instead of a 6-3 majority. But Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't do that. Nobody was questioning her competency. They knew she was sharp. But she died in her 80s. 
There is something to be said. Can we at least make sure you on point and sharp as attack? If you're going to be the president of the United States of America, I don't think that's too much to ask. We've got the Senator Fetterman in, in, in Pennsylvania. He had some health issues that folks thought they were trying to disguise when he ran for election against Dr. Oz. He won. And lo and behold, six weeks in to his post as a United States senator for the state of Pennsylvania, he checked into the hospital for depression. Not judging. I wish him nothing but the best. Our sensitivities and our sincere empathy should be with him. That's one side. The other side is, if I'm a resident of the state of Pennsylvania, if for any reason you can't do your job, shouldn't somebody else be there? Just a question. If the president, for some reason, was incapacitated, doesn't the vice president have to step in? If the president and the vice president, for some reason, can't perform their duties, doesn't the Speaker of the House step in? We have lines of of succession everywhere you turn. Why is that not applicable to a United States senator? These are just questions. No shade thrown on anybody. As an American citizen who cares and who votes, I'm just asking. Really asking for you to ask. So we can can become a bit more active in provoking change instead of standing still and stagnant and watching our world disintegrate before our very eyes. Maybe a bit more inquisitiveness is the order for the day. Instead of us acting. Like we're completely oblivious, ignorant, or worse, indifferent to everything that is going on around us. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This is no mercy after all, right? K-N-O-W for a reason. It's to know where mercy is required. Mercy is required for Senator Fetterman. Mercy may be required for somebody over 75 years of age. Mercy is definitely required to law-abiding citizens in this nation that are watching things disintegrate before our very eyes. It's just a thought. Something to think about. I always told you I don't have to know sports to know mercy. And I'm telling you the same thing as well. Think about the subjects that I tackled. Think about what you want me to tackle moving forward. I'm going to set up an inbox for y'all to send your videos and emails to me so I can communicate with y'all more directly. But these are just the kind of things that were on my mind for the week. I hope you can appreciate where I'm coming from. Notice I touch sports because that's what I do every day. Ain't no way in hell I'm going to do something without mentioning sports. But that ain't all I think about. I got a lot on my mind all the time. That's why I have this podcast. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening. Until next time, peace and love. 
This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.